Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, should we carry on? Yeah, why not? As we're here now. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman, joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. And Andrew Brooker. Hello. As we take a look at the last seven days or so in film, featuring reviews of the new releases Krampus, Christmas with the Coopers and Victor Frankenstein. We'll start off, as we always do, with the quiz. Owen, how is the quiz going, score-wise? It's currently 1-0 to you. I don't know whether you saw that tweet that I sent at the weekend... I was at my nan's house. I did. And I walked in, and uh, what was she watching on TV? It's Columbo. Columbo, indeed. So, um, strangely, I ho- I'm hoping that's a good sign. I'm hoping that is a omen well, that I'm going to do well. Depends how much you like Columbo. <laughs> yeah, not very. Uh, anyway, this quiz is going to take on a festive theme with us reviewing... Or Brooker probably only reviewing three <laughs> three Christmas films this week. In fact, other than me reviewing Krampus with Brooker, Brooker is doing all the other new release reviews because he's the only one who's seen films this week. Apparently, I'm the only one with spare time on my hands. You're the only one with a cinema near you or a cinema that shows things, according exactly. to Owen. Yeah, yeah. Ever there was an advantage to living in the shite hole that is Milton Keynes. <laughs> the concrete one jungle. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so it's going to be. Best of three, I'm going to read out the names of some actors who have played Father Christmas or Santa Claus, whatever you want to call him in your part of the world, and you've got to tell me which movie he has played him in. Okay. So, right. if I was to have said this picker, one that you're not going to have, have thought, you know, it's difficult, were you? If I had said James L. Jones, you would have said Recess Christmas, Miracle on the Third Street. Oh, I absolutely would have said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, different my tongue, yes, that was. Yes, exactly. Um, they will be easier than that, I promise you. But that was just an example of how it will work. Right, okay. This is going to be tough, I can tell. So, first up, Tom Hanks. Owen. Yes, Owen. Polar Express. Yes, you are yes. correct. Straight in. Good. Right. Next up, Alec Baldwin. Oh, Alec Baldwin played Santa? Yes. I will say quickly, I should have said this at the start, this does include voice acting. Oh, oh, Owen! Uh, Boys of the Guardians. (laughs) Did I... Who said that first? That was you, mate. uh, Yeah, you won. Well, uh, let's let's say first to three, then. Let's make it a bit more challenging. Let's say say first to three and go with James Cosmo. Who? 
I know James Cosmo is, but I can't think he's, of what film. He's been in Highlander, Braveheart, uh, Train Spotting, and Troy, as well as Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, it, I, he was. Um, oh, I don't know how to describe him in Game of Thrones. I can't remember. He was Jer Mormont. Oh, the the Night's Watch guy. Yes. Oh, crap. Uh... We are. Oh, this sounds really familiar. Didn't he come up in a quiz question before, or did we do a triple bill on him or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've no I idea. I haven't got a clue. Uh, it was actually in the Chronicles of Narnia and the Light, the, which was the wardrobe. Yes, of course it was. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. it was now. Yeah. Now you've said it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jim Broadbent. Uh, that was the film that came out last year, wasn't it? And he got sent to prison or something. Uh, that's not the one on my list. Oh, then I don't know. No. Wow, I really sucked this week, didn't I? <laughs> it was Arthur Christmas. Oh. Mm. What was the one he was in last year, then? Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, there's a film called Get Santa. Uh, that was it. Well, yeah, he did also play him in that, but that's not on the... the that's the, not, the, what the, you, the, not the Wicked, one you were looking for. Not the Wikipedia. I didn't get on either, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, Tim Allen. Of the Santa Claus. Yes, 2-1 now. Still to Owen, but a, a good point there for... for, for uh, Richard <laughs> Attenborough. Pretty. Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, oh. So always close now. We're running out of all the popular performances. <laughs> of, um... So far, the only ones I'm getting are the ones that are currently being advertised on Comedy Central. All right. <laughs> Let's have a look at one that people might have heard of. Ed Asner. Who? Yeah, just, def- just guess at a Christmas film from the last twelve years. Uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas. No. Uh, Go on, Brooke. Take a guess. Deck the halls. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's a. It sounds like a Christmas film. It, it is a Christmas film. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I ain't got a clue. Just guess, guess a Christmas film. Just keep guessing Christmas film. Have you guess... run out of Santa Clauses? Well, <laughs> if, if you're not getting this one, you're probably not going to get any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Christmas film, The Grinch? No. Uh, Elf? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Well done, Brooke. You've won. It's 2 0 to me now. So, who is Ed Asner? He's played Santa Claus and Elf. <laughs> but anything else? Anything else that he's been in that we might know? Um, probably. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I'm just having a quick look. He has. He was a voice of Carl in Up. The old man. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking okay. on IMDb. It looks like the dude from Up as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Stuff. He's been in stuff. Yeah, he played Jab- he played Jabba the Hutt in the radio version of Star Wars. The radio version of Star Wars. Yes. Um, the, the one the one version not fucked up by someone's special effects. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not a lot really. Oh, he was in Too Big to Fail. I like that film. That was good. No. He played Warren Buffett. There we go. Uh, mm. So anyway, away from that. <laughs> Awfully thought out quiz. The spirit was there. <laughs> it was, yeah, there's a lot of joy yeah. to be shared yeah. with that quiz. A lot of editing to be done. Uh, <laughs> and on to the news, where the only real news we got this week is the, the Biffa Awards have been announced 
I'm sure they don't like it being called the Biffers. It sounds like bins. Yeah, the British Independent Film Awards. Yeah. yeah. Not, the, not, not the, the Bin Awards. Not the Bin Awards, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, we're not going to go through every category. We did do a, a little bit of a preview on these a few few weeks ago, maybe even a month or so ago. So, yeah, best British independent film was Ex Machina. Best director was Alex Garland for Ex Machina. Good choice all round, I think. Yeah, both very yeah, well. Yeah, excellent film. Loved it. Yeah, they were fully deserving of that, I think. But best actor didn't go to Oscar Isaac for Ex Machina. It went to Tom Hardy for Legend. And as far as I can tell, Steve, they haven't specified which character. Well, they say both roles. I don't know. I wasn't watching. I, well, I don't know because I don't, I don't remember if you were on the podcast or remember the discussion no. I had. Where I remember I the saying, discussion. Yeah. If, he, if, if you play two roles in the same film, can you get two separate nominations for Best Actor? Like if, if any of Eddie Murphy's last 20 films were any good, <laughs> could he have got nominated for each different role he played or not? And, yeah. And the answer was? Uh, despite me emailing the Academy numerous times, they won't get back to me on it. Mm. <laughs> I think we had Phil Jarman <clears throat> yeah. on the podcast, and he sort of clarified that uh, actually it would just be one nomination. As has been proved with the Biffers, where he's won for Legend. And um, uh, I, we, you were on that podcast, weren't you, Brooker, when we reviewed Legend? Because you, yeah. you and I were both very keen to see this film. Yeah, and both pretty gutted by how it turned out. Yes, a very un-British British gangster film, I think, was how it, yeah. it sort of felt to me. His performance, though, I mean, we we also discussed that for one one of the roles he played, at least. We both liked him. Yeah, I thought he was, and for Christ's sake, I can't remember which one it was I liked. But one of them was really, really good. Yeah, the kooky one, yeah. the crazy one. Mm. Well, because the other one was just Tom Hardy being Tom Hardy, wasn't yeah, it? I don't, I don't think one of the crazes has ever been described as kooky before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe downplaying his eccentricities a touch. Yeah. Mm. Reggie, wasn't it? Yeah. One of the craze. One of the craze, yeah. But no, I don't... I I liked him, and it's cool that he's won an award for it, but I don't know, man. I think I should have gone to Ex Machina as well. Uh, Yeah, Oscar Isaac again was was superb in that. But Best Supporting Actress then, Best Supporting Actress, just moving away from Best Actor, went to Olivia Colman for The Lobster. I don't think we should dwell too much on this because I'm assuming none of us actually saw The Lobster. No, no, it wasn't even showing anywhere near me. I've heard really good things about it, but I've also heard not so good things about it. I think it's one that people either love or hate for use of a cliche. But um, yeah, it wasn't showing anywhere near me, so I didn't see it. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it sounds a little bit like, oh man, what's the guy who did Brazil? You know, um, Jesus. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, but it's a a dystopian film. Terry Gilliam, sci-fi. Terry Gilliam, yes, well done, Steve. Just well done, well done, Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it sounds a little bit like a Terry Gilliam kind of film, uh, which, like you quite rightly point out, will make people either love it or hate it. But I can sort of reveal this: it's already been voted for in the Fail Critics Awards. Just to quickly. Mentioned that, but we can come back onto that in a minute. And best supported actor went to Brendan Gleeson for Suffragette. That's well deserved. Yeah, and again, I think we commented on that at the time that he was uh, he he was great in that film. I thought, yeah, he was amazing in a in a film that was 
literally about every single woman in it, he managed to stand out really, really well. So I was really impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. But I'm always impressed with Rendon Gleeson. And, um, you know, the film that he starred in alongside Colin Farrell, who was in The Lobster, when they were both in In Bruges, is hilarious. Oh, it's, yeah, it's top, top ten comedy of all time for me. I love it. Yeah, and it's mainly because of the performances from those two. They just carry that film superbly. Oh, yeah, they look like they're having such a laugh when they made it. They're just bitching at each other the entire time. I think the whole film was just amazing. Hmm. So I'm always happy to see him get some recognition. So so that's the, that's all the biffers that I think we're going to talk about because then we get into all the subcategories that we... Well, they're all about independent British films that are released one weekend at a cinema in London that we never get to see, unfortunately. Yeah. So... Um, so. Uh, the only other bit of news, Owen, is that our own awards are opening today. Yeah, exactly. So as I alluded to sort of a little earlier, the um, Fail Critics Awards, our annual event where we invite people to vote on categories such as their top 10 films of 2015, uh, their worst three films of 2015, Everything from sort of best performances to best documentaries. And we even have a best British film category these days. So plenty for people to to, to vote on. Tell us what is their favourites and, and maybe what isn't their favourites. And we'll sort of collate them all together, all the uh, nominations. And then at the end of the year, we'll have a special podcast where we run through the winners and the losers in a bit more detail. But, uh, yeah, voting closes on Sunday, 27th of December. If anyone's listening and interested in, in, in voting, just go to the website, failcritics.com, and it's pinned to the front page. You'll just see it scroll across our little uh, pretty images at the front page of, of the website, and you can just click on there, fill out the submission form, and, and send in send in what you, what you think is the best film of the year. And we've deliberately left it until the 27th of December, for people to vote because I mean you you haven't voted yet have you Steve no and why might that be there is a certain film coming out in about 10 days time that may well trouble a few people's lists the peanuts movie indeed yeah the peanuts That's movie the yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also there's star wars i don't know if you've heard of that Steve never heard of it yeah Sp- some space cowboys space um, space wars <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a I've... remake of Akira Kurosawa's film I've, The Hidden Fortress I've heard it's all about tax routes and trade blockades and problems in the Senate in, in oh, that, space those are the more intellectual films yeah. in the series yeah yeah, yeah. Um, some people just didn't get it some right. people didn't get it went yeah. over, went over yeah. their heads yeah but um, the new one is due out, as you say, soon. And um, so we've left the, the voting open until the 27th. Also because, you know, if we sort of ended the voting in mid-December, that's not even the end of the year. So how would you know what to yeah. vote for? Excellent. We've had three people vote so far as well. Some interesting choices that have cropped up. So like I said, someone's voted for The Lobster already. Um Mad Max has appeared, so I think that'll be quite a popular film come the end of the year. Uh, have you guys got any idea what you might be picking yet? You don't have to give me your full list, obviously, but anything you might think of sticking in your, your top ten? Yeah, yeah, I think Mad, Mad Max and John Wick will probably be up there for me. John I'd, Wick, I'd yeah. Say, yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah, I'd say Ex Machina. Um, 
Mad Max. It's that, it's that time where I start thinking, what has been out this year? And I have to get up. <laughs> I have to get up a list to have a look. And then once I just can never remember when films have been out. Like something like Jurassic World that won't make my list, but I know that was out this year. But yeah. that has also been voted for this year. Someone's mm. picked that. So yeah, not not gonna. Be... I keep thinking seventy one was out this year, but it wasn't. I voted for it in last year's list. It definitely wasn't out this year, but I keep thinking it was. Mm. Um, like You've mm, you so... got to remember as well, haven't you, the ones that we got in the UK in January that were actually 2014 films. Precisely, yeah. Whiplash, Foxcatcher, yeah. Birdman, Big Hero 6, even. Yeah. Which is just this minute dropped out of my local cinema. And we're, showing for that we're getting the same thing yeah. this year, aren't we? Like, the Americans have got Creed right now. We've got to wait till fucking January. Yeah, by all accounts, it seems like Creed is a good film. It looks spectacular. I've, yeah. I've been waiting for something good for Michael B. Jordan since Friday Night Lights finished, and this really looks like it's going to be amazing for him. Well, plus, also, I think it's doing so well that the, the director, uh, Ryan Coogler, or something yeah, like that, something like that. He, they're just talking to him about uh, the Marvel Black thing. Panther. Black Panther. Yeah, he could direct Black Panther. So, you know, there's obviously something behind it. Just having a look as well, 8.6 out of 10 currently on IMDb. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think it'll be good. good. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's in the early doors, but I still think it'll be. Although, in a way, it's kind of good because it gives me tongue because I haven't seen the Rocky films for such a long time. So once I'm done (laughs) catching up with Star Wars, I'll catch up with the Rocky films, I think, as well. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah, and not all of them are good. No, (laughs) no. But, um... Yeah, so if people go to foulcritics.com, like I say, homepage, click the link and submit your votes. Time now for what we've been watching, and Brooke is going to start off this section by complaining about Star Wars. I am. I am. I'm so sorry. No, I don't. I didn't want to do complaining. I've just the only thing we've really been watching, obviously, with the new Star Wars coming out, is we've recorded the previous six. The, the last time they were all on Sky Movies, so we've kind of gone through them, and man. Okay, so we'll say, we'll skip the prequels <laughs> completely, because they may be just some of the most awful films I've ever seen, Star Wars or otherwise. That, that If you watch closely, there's a number of scenes where you can see Ewan McGregor try not to piss himself laughing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it just, the problem is actually, I think the, the issue I had, I remember watching Phantom Menace at the cinema and thinking it was complete dog shit, and now I've watched them, God knows how many years later, and actually they've not aged well at all. No, like, it, it, like... it's strange how the films that he done that didn't forget all the additions he, he made, George Lucas, but if you just look at the films, the ones that he made with very, very minimal CGI in the late 70s and early 80s hold up better visually than the ones he made in the late 90s, early 2000s with a shit ton of CGI. After everybody had gone After Effects for Christmas, yeah, and start making films of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the prequels just—they look terrible. They're they're awful. But actually, for me, the biggest problem I've got with the prequels is what they do to the originals. And from about ten minutes into the first film, the tiny little plot holes that I didn't care about are now gaping black holes where story went to die. <laughs> <laughs> there are just these massive massive plots from the previous three films that have forgotten in the at the beginning of the originals and I don't look for the problems but I just I can't suspend my disbelief anymore I literally I want to pick them apart and just, shut up 
It's when they tried to science up the force, wasn't it? It with, was the, the science with, up with, the force with, that made it sound like a virus. But it's like it's <laughs> like if like Christianity just went, well, really, what faith is? These little tiny microbiological things in your cells. That's what faith is. Yeah. What? No, it's not. <laughs> Shut up. Stop, stop being a dickhead, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> There's the episode title right there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, and I, I've never been a, a fan of Star Wars, but I've always been able to stand them. But watching the 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 original the original three, I've only done, hold on, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. So I've not done the third one yet, just because I haven't had time. But I mean, the entire third one just seems to kind of tread water and mark time for two hours with not an awful lot going on, which is okay. But no, the 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 gaping holes. I mean, because the problem with like with Revenge, no, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fucking hell. <laughs> the problem with that one is it tries to. It, they realise at the end of number two that they fucked up really bad and they tried to squeeze everything into number three, which doesn't really work because they've still got big bits missing. And essentially, it's like just amnesia. Everybody has amnesia at the end of this film, and nothing. No, you won't remember any of this happened. It's okay. And I just, I can't stand the uh, the gaping holes in logic. And it's more than anything else, it's the gaping holes in logic that bug me while I'm trying to watch the films. It's not that I hate them. They're just pissing me off. There are a few good things in the prequels. There's not many, granted. But I think Ian McDermott, any time he's on screen as, as Palpatine, just chews the set excellently. And he does, yeah. it in, he does it in Return of the Jedi, which is the only real original trilogy he's, film he's in properly. But he he's really good in in a in a limited not they limited tried, role but you know a, a limited film. They uh, try the, to do this thing where they do they try and add cool things to it. Yeah, uh, this is why I really I I was I fell the, into the hype I for mean, Phantom the, Man. I thought like Darth Maul was awesome, like this really cool looking bad guy. Yeah, and, he, and then he gets it. Yeah, just as a bad guy, completely wasted. I, we could have had him for three films and then have him replaced by Vader at the end. I think I'd have been happy with that. We could we could talk about the problems with the prequels all day. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I why do you, why, why I do you hate the new ones? The, the original, original ones. Yeah. The thing was, I never hated them. I just kind of, I was never that big a fan. I didn't see the appeal. But as films, like, they were all right. And yeah, like I say, my biggest problem with them now is because they're part of an even bigger law that is that has far too many threads that are just falling out, they bug me. I don't. I don't have a problem with them. They just bug me a little bit. The first one, A New Hope, is it's. I I watched the three original films again this year. I think it's just a bad film. I honestly, I don't get it. As a kids' film, it might be okay, I suppose. But you know, obviously, I'm in the minority because it's such a loved film by so many people. But I just thought it was bad. There wasn't anything interesting no. or exciting about it. The second one is better. Empire Strikes Back is much better film. No, they're all lots they're of all, regards. They're just fun adventure films. That's what they are. They're just it's yeah, it's just fun films, enjoyable. They shouldn't they shouldn't ever be classed as the best of all time. I know that and admit that. But I just I just love them more than any other film. And I'm not the only one, obviously, but they're just yeah. they're just a lot of fun. They got good characters, a, a, a good plot. The the settings in them are, are amazing. It looks good. It's just yeah. 
I mean, we've talked before about how how I'm so glad that they existed, yeah. even though I don't like them because of what they they did for cinema. Yeah. You know, nobody expected a film like Star Wars to just sweep the box office like it did and be so popular. Well, that's, um, that's why George Lucas was allowed to retain so much of the merchandising rights, wasn't it? No one thought it would do as well as it did, and then he's laughing all the way to his big fat bank. Yeah, and he basically just wanted to make Flash Gordon yeah. and wasn't allowed to make Flash Gordon, so he made something else that was similar to Flash Gordon and stole ideas from here, there, and everywhere. Well, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying for a second that they, you know, they don't have a place in in film history, not at all. And mm-hmm. like you say, I think I understand they're important films. I understand why they're important, but it's the same as I understand why the Beatles and Led Zeppelin are important. I fucking hate them as well. <laughs> I think a lot of it with Star Wars is the, the technical, not so much in terms of the film fans, but in the film industry, the industrial light and magic and all the other companies set up to kind of work on Star Wars, the visual and the audio effects kind of made big leaps in what cinema could do with special effects and with effect, practical yeah. effects and sound and all that kind of stuff. The, was, was Star Wars like two years before Superman, I think? I think so, yeah. Superman was 78. Yes, and that Star was... Wars was 77, so yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's, you know, there wasn't much difference. Superman was all about the special effects. Yeah. That was the big thing about it. It was like, okay, look what Star Wars can do. We want lots of money to make something else. Yeah. With, you know, him flying through the city and stuff. And they were like, yeah, go for it. And that worked. I prefer Superman. But, yeah, you're right. Without Star Wars, you probably wouldn't have... Things like the Avengers or um, most of Spielberg's output, really. All the big fantasy adventure stuff. Yeah. And, you know, some people might argue that's not a good thing. I think it is. (laughs) You know, I think without blockbusters, movies now probably wouldn't even be recognisable as the same kind of thing. But there is also a, a, not a theory, a, a... a kind of thing going around that if if style if this new reboot and all the spin-offs they've got planned proves to be successful, which I'm sure it will be, then there are kind of there's a rumour going around that they will go back and rewrite the prequels and just completely override uh, a non canon what George Lucas done with the prequels and just do their own. Like mm. in a new fifty two Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think J.J. Abrams joked that he was going to put a scene in there where he killed off Jar Jar Binks. Yes, yeah. But he's but a weird that, guy as well. Cause I, to see. <laughs> hasn't he admitted before he's not like a Star Trek or Star Wars fan? I think he said he's a Star... I don't think he was a Star Trek fan. I think he was a Star Wars fan. Right, uh, But okay. I don't think he was a Star Trek fan. I might be wrong. But he just got sucked into doing all these sci-fi movies and... It's very successful. Well, the, Star, the Star Trek reboots I've liked. I know a lot of people don't like Wrath, uh, the Wrath of Khan remake, which is essentially what the second one is. Um, but I think that's more Star Trek fans than. But I think the reboot he done with that, especially the first one, was actually quite good. Mm. Well, he's come out recently and said that I think even in the past seven days that hiding the identity of Benedict Cumberbatch's character was a mistake. It didn't really work. <laughs> Everyone well, knew we all knew, knew didn't we? Yeah. We all know. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't really very well hidden, even though he didn't say anything. It was, yeah. Yeah, precisely, yeah. So so what, what are you expecting from 
Force Awakens then, Brooker. No, that that all the others are so fresh in your mind. I'd like it to. Be, I'm not expecting it to be groundbreaking. It probably will look very, very pretty. I just want fun. I want it to be fun. I don't want a two and a half hour long political drama like the fucking Phantom Menace was. No, it's, it's <laughs> certainly not going to be that, is it? But no, but you see what no. I mean. I, I'd I'd like yeah. it to, you know. I want to be able to go in not particularly being a Star Wars fan and just enjoying my two and a bit hours with the film I'm watching. If I can, yeah. if I can come out after that. I'll be happy, you know. I'm not going to be gleeful like every actual proper Star Wars fan, and I genuinely want to stand in the queue at the midnight openings in a fucking Star Trek outfit. Or do that, what happened in the, that old Simpsons episode where Homer oh, yeah. walks out and I can't believe Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father in front of the whole yeah. queue of people waiting to go into the next screening. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna do that, just but just with Star Trek storylines. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing, just because there's nothing quite like fucking nerd rage. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, the, 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 I think the, the the trailers have have been very well done. I think they've they've they haven't really revealed anything of the plot yet. They've completely kept Luke Skywalker back, even though you know he's in it. You've not even seen him. There's there's not really anything of the plot in there. I think they've got the going to have the right amount of stuff from the old films paying, you know, turning up and completely new stuff. They're yeah. doing a lot of practical effects rather than special effects and building sets rather than CGI yeah. and everything. You have to be pretty soulless, really, don't you, to look at those that trailers. And even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you have to be pretty soulless to look at it and go, well, no, that just looks shit. Yeah. It really uh, Again, it looks like I, it's going to be a bit of fun. I think it looks like it will be a big, long, shiny trailer. <laughs> For sort of what's going to come after it, but it does look. Like, like, I mean, like the Avengers I, was you mean? <laughs> a bit like Avengers Ultron, yeah, yeah. Age of Ultron, um, but it, in perhaps slightly more fun sort of way than Age of Ultron is. Age of Ultron really bored me. Yeah, you um, and me both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to touch on something though about you mentioned in the trailer, Steve. Now it doesn't give a lot away. Yeah. Sort of like the opposite of the Batman versus Superman. Well, trailer. exactly. That oh, that pretty tells that, that tells you what happens, how they meet, what happens to bring them together, when Wonder Woman turns up, what she's doing, who the bad guy is. And it doesn't... It's just literally start to finish in chronological order, the nature of events. Isn't yeah, it? it's a bullet point list of the film, so you don't have to actually what go. What it and actually see is, you see, when you go and see the film, it's actually going to be the trailer, except. In Zack Snyder's typical slow motion, <laughs> they, when he leans on that slow mo button, that two minute trailer becomes two hours long, and that's the whole fucking film. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even look good, does it? No, it looks garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I think it looks okay. It looks okay. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because I like Zack Snyder, and I'm a big Batman fan. I'm, um, I'm a big Ben Affleck fan, so I'm kind of looking forward to him. And obviously, it looks like he turns up in Suicide Squad, which. I'm much more excited about. So I'd like to see how all that rolls up. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure I can get excited for Bats vs. Superman. Oh, they didn't. There's one thing they didn't put into the the Batman vs. Superman trailer. Aquaman. Yeah, he's not turned yeah, up. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? It's something to look forward the to. Man who control fish. <laughs> it looks like Rob Zombie. He looks like Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, they should have just bought in. Arrow and Flash from the TV shows. God, don't please those TV shows. I just don't get it. I, I, I have to yeah, but they're, they're, pop, they're popular already with DC fans. So just bring them in. 
and give them a little bit of a, you know... But the moody two and stick them next to, yeah. like, Ben Affleck, who's just... Before, oh. though, the problem I think DC's going to have is that they're separating their TV and film stuff completely. That's going to be an issue, especially uh, if they're doing a Flash movie. Yeah, true. Yeah, the, It's going to be a bit odd. And the other problem is they're trying to do event basically the Avengers before having the individual film for all the other characters except for Bat- uh, Superman. Well, they're forcing so, the issue here, aren't they? Without yeah. Trying to, be that, the, trying to do the Marvel thing. That doesn't necessarily make it a bad idea. It's just different, But it's a, but it's a lot to fit in because you've got to put in the origins of most of these people. You've got to say, who is this version of Batman? How's he got to work? You know, everyone knows Batman and his parents died and he's got a cave and all that kind but of stuff. Isn't that, but... isn't that better than just having another origins of a Batman film? This well, is it... him become. This is Batman Begins but, again. But you could, and but you, then could have, have, but you the... could have done that with a separate standalone Batman film and then brought him That's into Batman I mean, versus you... Superman. That, uh, and, you know, then you've got to go Wonder Woman. Right, we need to know who Wonder Woman is because she's not had a film out for bloody ages. So if you don't read comics, you might not have a clue who she is and what she's all about. And the same with Aquaman. She's but everyone, the, uh, everyone, she's getting the Captain America uh, film, isn't she? The World War Two one. Wonder Woman's film's gonna be set in World War Two. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's about as far as my knowledge of it goes. Yeah. That it's gonna be set in World War Two. Anyway, we're get, that trailer will be. Before, we're gonna have so many trailers before Star Wars. Like every, <laughs> everyone's gonna be chucking their money to have their trailer shown before that. Even if it's half yeah. done, it's like all green screen. They're gonna be like, no, just show it before Star Wars. Yeah couple teasers of stuff maybe yeah. um and probably about 50 ee ads with kevin bacon yeah <laughs> i haven't seen any ee ads with kevin bacon lately that's one blessing no there is there's a... one that's at the cinemas where he's praising us for forging up it's very nice of him oh, i haven't seen oh, that thanks. one cheers kev thanks kev um yeah so um, if any of you two are done pissing on my dreams and favourite films for now, <laughs> we'll move on to what Owen's seen. Nice. Yeah. We'll go on to what <laughs> Owen's seen this week. I watched um, a couple of films, and I'm going to talk them, about them both very briefly, I think. The first one is a film uh, called A Hard Day, which was the only film, when I looked at last year's Korean Film Festival programme, that I either hadn't already seen or really wanted to see. But sort of events transpired that I didn't actually get a chance to go and see it. I think it was on a weekday when I was actually in work or something. Anyway, so the, basically it's um, a, a crime thriller, kind of a black comedy, but mainly the comedy is an afterthought. Um, it's about a cop who is involved in a hit and run. And then it turns out the person who he ran over is more complex in his own backstory than than he first thought and it becomes in he becomes embroiled in this uh cover up of a cover up story it's really well plotted it's very interesting it's quite short for a korean film because it's under 2 hours uh, usually they're like 2 hours 10 minutes but this one's this one's about um i don't know 110 minutes something like that it's it's really Good, fun. I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I kind of felt before I watched it that maybe that, because I hyped it up to myself, I thought it sounded so good and it would be too good to be true, um, especially after the, the sort of reviews it was getting. But no, it worked. All of it all of it really worked. There's there's a, a just laugh-out-loud hilarious bit in the middle of the film where 
it's okay the whole film is kind of a little bit silly and it's it's contrived but it's aware that every situation is contrived in a in this kind of hitchcockian sort of way you know it's, you can imagine that if hitchcock was around and making films in korea that are revenge cop films right, it's, it's a bit of a stretch but if you imagine that that's kind of what a hard day would end up as but there's a bit in the middle of the film where he's trying to drag the body of the guy that he's run over into a morgue through an air vent to then hide it in his mum's coffin because his mum's recently died and his mum's about to be buried. And it's just like, it sounds silly, but it it's, it, it works. It's just the, the nature of the film. It's got this brilliant atmosphere that, that you feel involved in it. And it's, it's, it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. Um, it stars a, an actor who I don't think I, I well I didn't think I'd seen him in anything called Sun Kyun Lee, but he's just it just looks kind of familiar. And then when I looked into it a little bit more, he's been in a couple of um, more arty Korean films. So there is a director in Korea called Hong Sang Soo, who's who makes very artos Korean films, and he made one called Nobody's Daughter High One, which I wasn't so keen on. That was just about a student and a teacher who were in love, and he was the teacher. And it wasn't great, but the, the director has made quite a few films that maybe if anyone's familiar with Korean movies, they might be interested in, so, such as In Another Country, which is mostly in English. I think that's what that's famous for. Um, it's a Korean movie that's that's got uh, Isabel Huppert in there, and she's pretty good, but she's French. But they all speak English, so yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off topic again. Um, so A Hard Day is great. It's a really good, fun crime thriller but the other film that i watched that isn't very fun but is equally brilliant is the salvation starring mads mickelson oh, the western the western yeah I really have liked, you seen I it i have i really liked it it's good isn't it yeah it's really good with uh, uh but, ava green yeah ava green's in it and she doesn't say a word but it's um, still terrifying even though she's mute she's fantastic yeah. in it She's very mysterious. Mm, I, mean, and I think that was. I love her a little bit. I think she's awesome. Watch <laughs> everything I watch her in. But yeah, that I thought she was great. She was, yeah. As was um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the Colonel De La Rue, yeah. who is the the bad guy, if you like. His basically what happens is Mads Mikkelsen's Danish is in the wild, wild west, and his wife and son arrive from from Denmark, and they go on a stagecoach. And on the stagecoach, there are two gangsters who've just recently been released from prison. Things go a bit topsy-turvy in the stagecoach and Mads Mikkelsen's family end up dead. He catches up to the stagecoach, kills the two prisoners. One of the prisoners turns out to be the brother of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character who is running a small town through nefarious means. And then it becomes this big battle between the two of them. It's a proper old Western style story you know there's right there's wrong there's the good there's the bad yeah there's no gray in it really is there it's a proper black hat yeah yeah it's just it's basically a knife for an eye and then as the saying goes you know leaves the whole world blind because they just keep going and going and things escalate and it's just but it's not really like a humorous western it's not a spaghetti western even though the characters could easily have come straight out of a spaghetti western it's 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 much more serious, but it's actually it's a, a completely like Danish film. It's made by Cantonar in it. Eric Cantonar is in it, who has one line. Looks like a little bulldog in a cowboy hat. 
it's it's weird because he really does look like he could be the brother of Jeffrey D. Morgan. Believable as that's the most believable thing he does is just turn up and look like Jeffrey D. Morgan. Not try and sell me Cronenberg. <laughs> or pretend to be a farmer. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, but it, it's really good. It's really interesting. I think Carol went to review this at London Film Festival last year. Um, so if you go to the website and just in the search box on the left-hand side, type in The Salvation, you can read a much better review than I could give it on here. But yeah, genuinely, te- check it out. It's on Netflix UK at the minute. Is it? I, I thoroughly recommend it, yeah. Wow, I'll be watching it. I think I've, I think I've rented it from iTunes or something when it came out in the States. Just, mm. just while we're talking about Jeffrey Dean Morgan, going back to something we were talking about off air i think he's going to be in the walking dead hinted at wasn't he he? at the very end of the mid-season finale no apparently that i don't know if that was him or not but apparently wasn't someone told me that wasn't the character that he's meant to be playing that was um another character or something well i have an idea who he might be playing something like that that's potentially his character's name but i'm not going to say anymore because i think if people haven't seen it and don't want to know, yeah, because it's no, it's kind of comic book related, and I know people can be very twitchy <laughs> about <laughs> spoilers from people who've read all the comics. Going, oh yeah, I knew they went to a prison. Oh yeah, I know, I know what happens. There. Oh, this character's going to die soon, and it just, you know, I can, I can uh, empathise with yeah. that. I get annoyed by spoilers, so I'll, I'll try and keep it to a minimum. But I have an idea in my head now that you've said that who he'll be playing, yeah. and I think he'll be pretty good at it. And yeah, so on to the films I've been seeing. I'll be quite quick because um, we've gone on this section quite a lot. Seen a couple of films this week worth talking about. One is uh, from 2010. It was on E4 this week. That is Unstoppable. Tony Scott's last film before he died, I think it was, uh, or last fi- feature film. Uh, it stars Chris Pine, Denzel Washington, based on true events about a uh, runaway freight train. The best thing featuring a runaway tra- freight train since Thomas the Tank Engine, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but since that, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it, it is a it is a good action film. I mean, it's not great by any means. It's but it, it is good. It's it's entertaining. It's one of those to no, use another cliche that I, uh, it you know, one of those typical turn your brain off and sit down and watch a film that you don't have to think about films. But it is it is good. It is you know entertaining. Uh, worth watching if you haven't seen it already and you like that kind of film. Um, if you don't like that kind of film, don't really go anywhere near it because you won't like it. The other film that I've seen is The Jungle Book, the original from 1967, a Disney film, which, according to the adverts on Channel 4 all week, it's the first time it's shown on terrestrial television, which I and everyone else, when I told them, sounded quite surprised. It's weird, isn't it? Because you expect that, because we all watch these films when we're kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm making an assumption, but we all do. The fact that it was it was never on TV seems bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I might be wrong. I might have misunderstood what E4 was saying, but that was what they were pushing in their adverts, I'm sure. The first time it's been shown on terrestrial television, so by the sounds of being on Sky or... Well, I know Sky have had a Sky Disney movies channel occasionally or some, whatever. Yeah. Um, I loved it. It's, you know, I've seen it growing up, seen it intermittently, probably once or twice since growing up. But everyone knows the story. It's Mowgli, who's an orphan boy raised in the jungle and befriends all the different animals in the jungle, although there's a tiger called Shere Khan who's trying to kill him because he's a tiger. That's really the only motive, I think. 
Just a tiger. <laughs> but don't need any more motive if you're a tiger, really. You have a tiger, I eat things, kill things, get over it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's fun. It's got good songs that you probably remember. Even if you hadn't seen the film for 20 years, you'd probably remember a couple of the songs. Um, yeah, it, it's good fun. It's got dark moments like pretty much every Disney film, especially from that time, you know, where they're animated. It does tend to have a dark moment in there somewhere, doesn't it? Or dark. Segment and they don't mess around either. They don't. No, they don't. They don't talk about. They they go, they right, really no, we're going to have you walking around the jungle with a bear, singing a, a really upbeat song like Bear Necessities, and then we're just going to have a really dark bit where everything goes <laughs> wrong and horrible, and it's meant to scare you, or it's meant to be miserable and depressing, like when he's walking about with some vultures and then a tiger turns up. Well, I was at my brother's house at the weekend, and he's got two daughters. One of them's four. And, you know, her favourite films are A Nightmare Before Christmas and um, Coraline. That's pretty terrifying. They're both pretty scary films for kids. And she's like, no, I love scary movies. I was like, brilliant, excellent. When you're a bit older, I'll invite you around and we'll watch Blair Witch. (laughs) But I think kids like to be scared sometimes. Well, some kids do. And I think that's why the the, the Disney films are a good mix yeah. of that. Yeah, as long as it's not some kind of horror that's going to keep them screaming up at night or talking to the corner of the ceiling or something, then you're probably fine. Yeah, as long as, um, you know, Blue's not shot by a gamekeeper and yeah. dragged off to be turned into sort of a carpet, then yeah, it'll probably be yeah. okay. Um, I think it's March next year they've got the live-action Disney remake with quite a, a stellar cast. We, like mm. we said before the podcast, like, it looks amazing. Whether... Whether it'll be a good film, you know, well acted, well performed, whatever, is a, is, is a different matter, but it just looks amazing. But have you watched the trailer for it yet? Yeah. And have you got to the end of the trailer? Yes. See, this is the thing. It doesn't matter how crap you think this film is going to look. When you get to the end and Baloo is whistling bare necessities, you want to watch it. Yeah, and I think... There's they, no two ways about it. You're going to go... And, I yeah. think I read they brought in the original songwriters for the film to, to do a couple of new ones. Some of the old ones have been performed. Bill Murray's Baloo is going to be singing Bare Necessities. I think he has to. I think it's it's such a an ingrained part of the story, whether or not it's part of the real story. You have to have it, don't you? Yeah. Speaking of Bill Murray and singing... Oh, fucking hell. Have you guys watched that? No. no. Very no, from, Murray no, from what I've heard about it, I'm not going to. 20 minutes is all I could stand. I was watching it with my parents and it was just like it got to the point where my, it was like 10 minutes in and my dad said do we do you want to turn this off now I was like no no we'll give it an, you know it's still early it's only 50 minutes we'll, we'll probably give it a bit longer and then it might get better and then after another 10 minutes it's like just turn it off just, I can't just stand a load it of anymore slap him yeah yeah it is it's Bill Murray who it's it's kind of meant to be a bit um meta because he's hosting a TV special, there's a blizzard, none of his celebrity friends have turned up, keeps expecting George Clooney to, to arrive. In the end, he's in the hotel lobby and just grabs whoever's there and sings a song with him. The bit I watched was with Chris Rock, and I think after that, you're meant to have other guests turn up. It was just, it's so self-indulgent, smug, and I fucking hated it. It's boring as sin. Yeah. I just... <sighs> Save yourself... 50 minutes of your life and just don't bother with it. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to... I think I, I pulled the muscles that control eye rolling when the, the email... T- <laughs> you, Netflix has added this and we think you'll like it. No, no, I fucking won't. I read a review after to see, like, does it get better if I turned it off too soon? Is the second half much better? And they were going, yeah, it's a bit boring, but I just wish I could add 
the songs on CD. And I'm like, really? Really? That? I mean, no, it's just smug shit. It's terrible. Not even the songs are good. And I like Bill Murray, but yeah. it's. I think it's Sophia Coppola who directed it um, as well. Oh. So, yeah, it's got a lot of credibility to it. It just doesn't work on any level. So, a new feature on the podcast when Brooker's on looks like it's Brooker's Corner where he just reviews everything he's seen <laughs> when me and Owen can't really be bothered to do anything. That's, that's only because everyone else has a life and yeah. I just have a cinema. No, I think it, it's because just... me and Owen have bad cinemas near us that don't show a variety of... Um, I mean, I must admit, I had no desire to see Victor Frankenstein once I'd seen the trailer and a couple of reviews. Um, probably the same would have gone for Christmas with the Coopers, but I would have quite happily gone to see the night before if I'd had time. Well, yeah, I mean, this is... I, I live in the mainstream of all mainstream areas, don't I? So I got a bit <laughs> of everything. You probably, yeah. went to Costa, you probably went to Costa Coffee first and went to Nando's afterwards. No, Starbucks. We have a yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a Pret. Oh, God. <laughs> I, could just imagine, I could just imagine you in a Pret. No, you really can't. <laughs> no, I, I can't. <laughs> I just get angry at everything behind the counter. <laughs> Although we took you to a Weatherspoon, so Weatherspoons is Weatherspoons, okay. Weatherspoons is pretty much are... my level. Weatherspoons yeah. are fine depending on the Weatherspoon. You get really horrible ones and really good ones and some middling ones. And for what they are, they're absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with a Weatherspoons. I just like the audaciousness of opening Weatherspoons on motorway service stations. Yeah. It's just something something wrong it's just, about that. It's just that. encouraging death. Yeah, but it... It's yeah, M1 there's... in general, though. Let's be fair about that. That is true. Yeah, you yeah. might have more luck driving that pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll start off with Christmas with the Coopers. So, Christmas with the Coopers is just the this year's awful, awful family Christmas movie. And I I think I've been really lucky. And I don't think I've been to the cinema to watch one of these since Four Christmases, which must have been five years ago, I think. And they, they never change. It's all soppy bollocks that has a has a happy ending and it's just so christmas for the coopers is essentially like six different stories of different family members which has a pretty insane cast and i mean you know so what do you got diane keaton ed helms john goodman i mean fucking hell you got olivia wilde you got uh, Marissa Tomei, all of these family members are kind of heading home for Christmas in from various directions. So you've, you've kind of got, you've got Olivia Wilde, who's the, the, the woman who disappoints everybody by always, you know, being single and not being able to find a man. And so she drags some poor, weirdly defenseless soldier home with her to pretend she's engaged. You get uh, Marissa Tomei, who somehow gets arrested for stealing a brooch that she wants to give to her sister just because it's tacky. So she spends the entire film with Anthony Mackie, who is a copper, just driving around in the snow. You've got Ed Helms and his kids. He's just been made redundant and is trying to get a job and do Christmas at the same time. Then you've got Diane Keaton and John Goodman, who are 
just their husband and wife who are going to separate and tell everybody they're separating at Christmas dinner. And all of these, over the space of about an hour and a half, all of these people will just kind of converge on this house. And it's like seven separate stories that all end in the same place. Like a really, really shit Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, a, a very merry Tarantino Christmas. A very merry Tarantino Christmas. <laughs> it's just the the problem it's got is, I mean, it's boring for one. I I didn't laugh. I laughed a couple of times. Uh, the best joke in it is wasted on you if you've seen the trailer for it. And it's the little girl who's just got this attitude about it. She goes, "You are such a dick," <laughs> and she said she keeps saying it through the entire film. But kid swearing is always funny. Kids swearing is always funny. Nothing like quite seeing a 14-year-old yell cunt at someone. No. It's better if it's an 8-year-old. It's funnier then. Mine's two. I'm planning for three or four before I first (laughs) time. (laughs) But, yeah, so there's that. And there's, I'll admit there's one beautifully timed fart joke, which I just just had me rolling, mainly because I'm a 12-year-old in a 33-year-old's body. And fart (laughs) jokes always make me laugh. But it's just, it's just so bland. And... It sounds like every Christmas cliche going. It is. And this is it. it. The problem is it can't decide if it's trying to be a comedy or trying to be this really heartfelt drama. And it doesn't really do either of them very well. But it gets to the end and you get a happy ending because it's a Christmas movie. And if you don't have a happy ending in a Christmas movie, you've we've got Scrooged. Or... or... Another film that we might come on to later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a different take of things. I was meant to start with Victor Frankenstein in this, in this part and get all, all Christmassy, but I'll, I'll, I'll start with Christmas with the Coopers and get darker, I think. Uh, Victor Frankenstein, then, Brooker. So Victor Frankenstein is not better than Christmas with the Coopers. Really? Really. Wow. It's fucking terrible. And I genuinely, I walked out of the film and just kind of, shrugged i drove home and in the drive home i forgot the film (laughs) when i was writing the review for it i had to watch the trailer a couple of times and a couple of interviews with the stars and that just so i could remember what had gone on on this fucking movie it was just so empty from what i've heard about it mary shelley's probably rolling in her grave turning over and coming to attack the people who made it she absolutely is (laughs) that's who's coming back in the next season of walking dead yeah, <laughs> Mary Shelley. It's just I I can't describe how boring this film is. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you actually I tell you what it is. It's like it's like have you ever seen have you seen the the Sean Connery League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yes. It's yeah, like yeah. that. Oh dear. It's fucking terrible. You know how it tries to be kind of edgy and gothic and but not quite gothic and a bit like Underworld was. Although Underworld I quite liked. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Just. It's as bad as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <laughs> but it hasn't got Sean Connery in it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that didn't exactly save that film either, did no, it? No, it didn't. But, <sighs> but this, it's just, everything about Victor Frankenstein is just not worth watching. I mean, I don't need to, to tell you what Victor Frankenstein's about, because it is Frankenstein in a way. It's a dude who you know, takes body parts and tries to create a monster with it. But the mm-hmm. way he does it in this film is just so awfully put together whoever wrote this and thought it was a good idea to make is in serious need of a slap 
because fucking hell, it's just so awful. And there's one, and whoever decided this needed to go in the film needs their bollocks stomping on, right? <laughs> so Igor, the hunchback, doesn't have a hump. Instead, what it is, is an abscess. So Frankenstein puts the guy up against the wall, stabs this fucking great syringe into his back, and you know how you siphon petrol? <laughs> yeah. He does that to this fucking abscess. And out comes this nasty pus, like he's just popped the most gigantic whitehead. And, ah, oh, it's just fucking disgusting. There's no need for it at all. I'm guessing the point was for it to be disgusting, I think the though. point was for it to be disgusting, but it didn't follow through at all with the rest of the film. If the whole film was gross and disgusting, fine. But that's the only bit that I think actually got a reaction out of me. And even that, <laughs> I forgot until I watched the fucking trailer. Yeah, it seems like something out of Little Britain or something like that more, more it, than it does a yeah. scary film. It's, it, it's like one of those YouTube videos that you watch where someone's constantly popping a spot that won't... Oh, God. Yeah. No, I don't watch those. Um, what, was, <laughs> what was the film that you saw last year, or maybe earlier this year, that was Frank with Frankenstein in it? Do you mean I, Frankenstein? That's the one that you hated. Oh, God. Right, you've, got, that... you've got to watch this and compare them, I think. I would have... I'm, the, I'm a big fan of the original novel. I really like Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein. Mm. Because it, it is one of my favourite books. It's one of those, you know, when you have an epiphany when you're reading something, you go, oh, fuck, I really like reading. This is great. I really love this story. I had that with, with Frankenstein. It's remained one of my favourite books. I've reread it numerous times. Um, so I do like to watch actual Frankenstein films. I like the one with uh, Robert De Niro and Kenneth Branagh in. Yeah. That's a good faith. That's probably the most faithful adaptation. Um, I like the James Whale. Frankenstein films, the Universal ones. Oh yeah, uh, ja- you know James Whale as well as a fellow Dudleyan. He's from Dudley, like me. Um, <laughs> that, it's one of our favourite. Is that, is that films. what you call Dudleyans? That's what people from Dudley call themselves. We're, actually, if you're from the Black Country, which Dudley is a part of, then you're called Yam Yams. Isn't that a type of because? <laughs> yeah, but Yam Yam is because in Dudley, instead of saying you are, you say Yam. Right. Yep. It's just it's it's terrible because of this whole like journalism degree that I'm doing, and part of it is you know you read um, news reports or you're doing stuff to camera. Occasionally, I slip back into sounding very black country, <laughs> and these sort of things sneak in, and they're the reason I will never have a, a professional job speaking. Podcasting on my own podcast is about as far as it will ever get. That's right. Um, I, I podcast on somebody else's podcast, mate. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I slip into those colloquialisms all the time, and yeah, so yam is how you, you know, from the black country, you say you are. But anyway, so I'm, I'm going off topic. So the um, so Frankenstein is one of my favourite books. It's one of my favourite stories. I've seen quite a lot of interpretations of it. I would still see Victor Frankenstein. You would if it was shown. Have here. you ever seen Event Horizon? I love Event Horizon. You know when they tear their eyes out? <laughs> yes. That's what you're going to be doing when you watch <laughs> Frankenstein. It's, it's, it, I mean, I'm not a particularly big fan of the book. I don't hate it. It's, I've, I've read it once, literally a couple of years ago. It was the first time I ever read it. Uh, I, I gave it to someone else to read um, a few years ago. 
Frankenstein. I was really like, she asked me for a book recommendation. I said, have you ever read this? It's a classic. And I said, it's one of my favourites. She, she read it and came back to me and said, it's very flowery language, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I guess it is. One way of putting it. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I, I understand the book. I, I get it, and I get all the interpretation of that. But this is just, I again, I think this is. If Mary Shelley was alive today, she'd feel about that how Alan Moore feels about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> it's a fucking Christ. abomination, and there's with all the irony in the world, it's a complete abomination. There was a, a film adaptation of Frankenstein that came out this year as well. It was at Fright Fest, just called Frankenstein, I think, which tried to modernise the story. I believe that went down very well at mm-hmm. Fright Fest. I think it was by the same guy who did Candyman, same director. All right. Yeah, from from what I remember, I remember Mike Shawcross went to see it and he reviewed it on the website and said it was it was great, one of his favourite films at Fright Fest. So I might check out that if it gets released anytime soon but um yeah frankenstein adaptations they can be very hit and miss the old hammer horror ones are pretty good yeah with christopher lee and that was their first color hammer horror film oh. it was um curse of frankenstein i think or revenge of frankenstein i did not know that there you go anyway yeah. on to our our final film we're going to review one that brooker isn't the only one to have seen i've also seen it and that is uh the the Christmas comedy horror Krampus, uh, starring uh, Adam Scott. Um, it is about a family gathering for Christmas, but somewhat losing the spirit or meaning of Christmas and being punished by Santa's bastard evil brother, by the looks of things. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, you, you can read a, a fantastic written review uh, on the website by um, somebody who's just started writing. A new writer, yeah. 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 Um, but, but me and Brooker will talk about it now. We both loved it, didn't we? I thought it was great. It's, it was, I come out of it, I wasn't quite sure what to think of it going in, and I think based on the trailers, I didn't realise it was it was that much of a, a comedy bit or being played for laughs as much as what it was. Based on the trailer, I thought it was going to be a, a straight-up horror with a few funny lines or one-liners in it. But no, from from the opening scene through to the end, I came out of the cinema just absolutely loving what I'd just seen, and unexpectedly so, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I came out with a a massive, massive smile on my face, having really enjoyed the last hour and a half. Not at one point was I bored. I just, every single minute of the, 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 it was on screen, it was just spectacular. I mean, I love love the opening scene set in the the shopping centre set to, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> it was just hilarious. It was great. Um, it was like it was filmed in a local Asda. Yeah. On Black Friday. Yeah, it, it was exactly that, and <laughs> it just yeah, just throughout the film, it was. It started off before it started got dark. It started off as like your typical family Christmas film, but with a bit of Effin and Jeffin in it. Yeah. Um, but the same kind of thing, maybe the same kind of thing you'd see in Christmas with the Coopers, but a, a better standard. And, and funnier yeah. uh, and then it, it kind of gets darker and darker and when it gets dark oh, it gets dark doesn't it oh yeah it's <laughs> like like early Disney stuff kind of dark it is just yeah. wow yeah <laughs> but man I mean I don't think I I tried to wrap my brain yesterday night after I watched it I, I can't think of a single you know air quotes horror film that I've laughed at quite so much and I'm not sure I was supposed to laugh as much as I did. 
I don't know. It was it was played for, for last quite a bit. I, I mean, definitely um, was. Yeah, um, the guy who plays um, Champ in Anchorman. He was particularly funny in it. <laughs> the whole the whole thing that it's uh, the fucking gingerbread men. Man, they, yeah. I, I th- was just giggling like a little kid. I think we've both said it's kind of got a bit of a Gremlins feel to it, or I think as well I said uh, it, like a Cabin in the Woods feel to it. It does feel a lot like Gremlins, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like like the new Gremlins. It's, film. it's it's not as good as Gremlins. Oh no! But, but it, it it is really good. It, I don't think it's going to get seen by as many people who should see it. I I don't know because I mean it's doing quite well, isn't it? Over, is I don't it? Know what it's like over here, over in the states, it's it's done quite well. I think it's done a lot better than people thought. And I think it's getting a bit of word of mouth about it. Yeah. If it hangs around in the cinemas, unfortunately, with Star Wars coming, it won't. But if it hangs around for a couple more weeks, I think a lot of people will go and watch it. Yeah. I yes. Everybody I see, my friend, go and see Krampus. Go and see, don't talk to me until you've seen Krampus. Just go yeah. away. Go see Krampus, and then we can talk. I mean, Krampus himself is just horrifying. He's, oh, mate. And his, his thing is slay. When you see that, yeah, I just, it was gorgeous. I know what you mean. It looked, it, you know. it looked like an old gothic church in yeah. sleigh form. <laughs> it was just amazingly put yeah. together. He was terrifying looking. All his mates fucking hell, they scared the shit out of me. It was just weird, weren't they? It was just odd. It was just Christmas toys and decorations turning into horribleness. And the oh, and the elves, yeah, uh, they were they were pretty yeah, freaky. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to spoil it too much. So if Owen wants to edit it out, fine. But I really thought the ending was going to be a happy ending in the end. Yeah, I did as well. And it was, and it was really irritating me when it was coming on. I thought, oh, this is going to be really stupid. It would have <laughs> ruined it for me if it was. I think. <laughs> but but yeah, and then it just wasn't. And I was just like, oh, yeah. brilliant. That's just brilliant. That's a horrible ending. It's brilliant. I love it. I want to watch it again. I really do. The only happy ending I would have liked if his Santa had come down and <laughs> fucked him up. The fuck up. Is, yeah, <laughs> beat up Krampus and all his all his minions. Uh, if that had happened, I'd have been happy enough for it to be a happy ending. Like the, but you'd need a really like high level fight. We're talking like raid two levels of fighting between the two of them. And you'd need like you need like Arnie to be playing Santa in like a like a red vest with a white. <laughs> trim on it or something yeah or john claude van damme <laughs> no, then i would definitely make but, a, but, a trip but, to but see no it. i know how much you like your, your horror films though go and see krampus if you got time or it comes to dudley <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna make a point of um have you guys seen rare exports no no you haven't okay maybe try that one you might like that then because that's a sort of horror film set around christmas with an evil demon thing yeah. in it I think it's a Finnish film or, or something like that. All right. But, um, I mean, the director of this made uh, another film called Trick or Treat, which I think is a similar kind of thing, but set around Halloween, obviously. It's meant to be a bit of a cult classic, so I'll probably try and seek that out now as well. Trick or Treat's definitely worth a butcher's. I really enjoy Trick yeah. or Treat. Not got the laughs that Krampus has got. No. Yeah, Trick, trick or Treat, was, I mean, lots of people love that film. I know, again, just mentioned it in Mike Shawcross because we said earlier, it's one of his favourite films ever, Trick or Treat. I thought it was okay. There were bits in it that were better than... Because it's a, it's a mix of other stories. You know, it's like a, an anthology film. It's yeah. really good. It's really... It's not it's not my favourite horror film, but it's, it's definitely up there. And only mm. 
honestly only really been pushed back this year since I saw We Are Still Here. But yeah, go, but go and see Krampus. It, yeah, absolutely. I could, absolutely. I could quite happily watch it again now, and I only saw it on Friday. Literally, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to turn it into a Christmas tradition in my house. I'm going to buy. <laughs> to watch Krampus every with, fucking Christmas with the kids and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, and it's quite interesting. Did you, I don't know if you spotted it when the film started? Obviously, because you get the certificate come up, didn't you? Yeah, and it just said you know 15 rated for threat, and that's it. Yeah, no blood. No violence, no scares, just threat. No, there isn't. I suppose when you think about it, there isn't really any. There's a little bit of violence, I suppose. We never really see like loads and loads of blood or gore no. or stuff you, like you that. See next, you see next to no blood, no no gore. There's a no... few. There's a few kind of jump scares, but it's not really anything kind of typical horror film about it in terms of the scares. No. But there are stuff that is just scary and creepy and disgusting. Yeah, but that's the, I think that's it. More than it's scary, it's just a bit gross. Yeah. Like the fucking thing that looks like one of the Reapers from Blade 2. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I apologise now for the puns at the end of my review. <laughs> I loved it. Actually, it like no, actually, no I don't. Yeah, you never apologise for puns, Steve. No, that's the first. No. Um, they were particularly bad, though. <laughs> but I, I can't leave them out. This ho-ho-ho horror. Yeah. Ho-ho-horror, yeah. was it? Yeah. Ho ho ho! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spine tingle all the way. Oh my God, Steve! Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to our recommendations for the week ahead. Owen, why don't you start us off with those? This bit of slim pickings this week, wasn't it? There's, there's not much. No, on. Not, but... not a lot going on to Netflix, and not a great deal on TV. Hmm. But um, there's kind of a, a, a double Christopher Nolan sort of feature this week uh, if you tune in on Wednesday to ITV2 at 9pm The Dark Knight is on and on Saturday at quarter to 11pm on BBC2 is The Prestige, two of his best films. Lovely I'm going to go with Saturday uh, afternoon on ITV4 and it's a Tom Hanks film The Burbs, uh, a fun little film that probably not a lot of people have actually seen even though Stars Tom Hanks and I think Carrie Fisher's in it as well. I like it. I, like, I think it's. Really I like good. it. I, I've enjoyed it the couple of times I've seen it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's worth a watch. And Brooker, cool. I I'd, uh, I got an email from Amazon Prime this morning telling me some of the new stuff they've got as well. So I'm actually going to go a little bit old school and went on to Amazon Prime this week is Seven. Oh. From 1995. Mm. I haven't watched it in ages, and now I know it's there. I might watch it. Yeah, that's what's in the box. Seven. Yeah. Oh, Do you know oh, one of the box. things about Seven is that Kevin Spacey wasn't advertised as being in it? Nope. That might be another sort of cat out the bag spoiler, but yeah, apparently when it was made, it wasn't um, billed. I think we're allowed to do spoilers on films 20 years old. Yeah, nothing. 95, I think it's okay. Yeah. 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 He was also Kaiser Soze. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, right, that's, that's all it for this week's podcast. Thanks to everyone who's listened and contributed. Um, check out the website, www.failcritics.com. We're all on Twitter as well, so go over there and have a tweet. And join us again next week. Where, Owen? I ask you this every week. You're never prepared. How are you this week? I'm very prepared because I know exactly what's happening next yeah. week. We've got a Christmas triple bill. Oh. We're doing it slightly early this week because we've got sort of a packed schedule for the rest of the month because also it is star wars so we've got a star wars special yes. episode 
And then we've got our end of year awards. So people don't forget to vote. Go to the website, failcritics.com, and you can vote. But yeah, so Christmas triple bill next week with um, Brooker, you're back. And yeah, and we'll be joined by Brian Plank. So we'll be doing a triple bill of our favourite films from the past that we've seen this year, from present films released this year, and future film we're looking forward to next year. Lovely. Yeah, mm. it's all thought out and planned. It is, I've got homework, I guess. Mm. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash failed critics. Thanks for listening. As was the oh, sorry, can you just hold on a minute? My phone's ringing. I thought I had it on silent. Just okay. sorry. No. Mm. <laughs> Hello? No, I'm going to do the podcast. It's rubbish. <laughs> Although we yeah. get the feeling it'll quite quickly end up on film four. Sorry about, I sorry think about you might. that. That's all right. Yeah, I thought it could have been... I was expecting a phone call that was semi-important, but I didn't think it'd be as late as this, and it wasn't. It wasn't that, so... But, yeah, sorry. And how much are you getting for your PPI? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I'm getting for the accident I had in the last five years. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.